Three things can happen when you walk into a room. You can walk in and no one notices. Oh, hi, I'm Chad from accounting. And I have a sick pet tortoise that I feed grasshoppers regularly. Or you can walk in and you're noticed for the wrong reasons. Me bebí una botella de vino y salí con Norma y Laura a bailar, pero no me recuerdo lo que pasó esa noche. Or you can walk in and the crowd parts for you to walk by. It's great getting to know you. Here's my card. We'll do lunch Friday. This episode will help you get noticed in the right ways and get better results at work and life with the X Factor, executive presence. Testing, testing, check. Design your decade, an interactive podcast for the modern professional. Welcome to your journey to the C-suite. Welcome to episode two of the DYD podcast, your mini masterclass in career building greatness. I'm Roseanne Santos, bilingual keynote speaker, certified Gallup Strengths coach, and executive trainer. And I'm Rio Rocky, motivational speaker, marketing and brand strategist, actor, entrepreneur. Executive presence. Everybody wants it. Some of us have it. And some of us, well, but to be fair, first, let's define what it is. So we have these three pillars, gravitas, communication, and appearance. And together, they form the superpower that is known as executive presence. Now let's dive deeper. Some people have an authority or presence about them that's called gravitas. It's defined as seriousness and importance of manner. It causes feelings of respect and trust from others. When some people walk into a room, others take notice. When they speak, others listen. But why? What is it about those people that makes everyone want to part the crowd like Moses parted the waters? What makes everyone want to have a moment with that person and learn more about who they are and why they are there? You might have experienced this in the past. You walked into a room, you came, you saw, nobody noticed. You left and no one asked for your information. Now let's change that. We're going to talk about how to build executive presence by breaking it down into its three separate parts. First is gravitas. Gravitas is a key factor in commanding the room. So what does it mean to walk into a room and command the attention of people in that room? Let me first give credit where credit is due. When I first started on my career path and my career journey toward the C-suite, I realized that I was missing certain things, certain elements, and I was recommended a book called Executive Presence, The Missing Link, and it's by Dr. Sylvia Ann Hewlett, and that book outlines the three pillars of executive presence. And so that really was important for me. And I absorbed the philosophies and the advice from that book. And I now try to work toward making sure that I embody the three pillars of executive presence whenever I'm in a business or a job, seminar, conference, networking event, meeting, etc. And that's what we're really going to be talking about today and how those pillars can be learned and practiced so that you can have executive presence and you can make it to the C-suite. DC fans, we didn't forget you. In the first episode, we referenced some Marvel characters and explained their strengths. Let's talk about a few DC characters in relation to executive presence, specifically Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Although he's an alien, Superman was raised to be human, to do the right thing, to be ethical and have a moral code. He's a humanitarian. He saves lives in the middle of a fight. And he conducts himself as a leader all the time. He's well-respected and he's well-revered. Superman embodies executive presence. 
Batman is theoretically the leader of the Justice League because he displays all the qualities of a leader, both as Bruce Wayne and as his alter ego, Batman. He's the greatest detective on Earth. He's a planner, a strategist, and a master delegator and personality manager. He has a plan for anything, any contingency, and he's always prepared. Another great example of executive presence. And then, in my personal humble opinion, I save the best for last, Wonder Woman. Her greatest weapon is her lasso of truth. She comes to the table wanting to provide transparency and honesty. She, just like Superman and Batman, is trustworthy. And that is what people long for. They long for leaders who show that they can be trusted, that they're responsible, that they can lead the way in an ethical manner. For our female listeners, her greatest asset is to be a leader among men. It can be done. If you look up executive presence in my dictionary, you'll see Wonder Woman's face. She is executive presence. So I'm going to talk about a similar quality now called screen presence or stage presence. Very similar to executive presence. Screen presence would be for film and TV. Stage presence would be for theater and live entertainment. Although looks do play a role, it's more about the performer's ability to be fully present in each new moment. Living truthfully under imaginary circumstances of the screenplay or the play. So to have presence means you're not acting anymore. You are the character in the role. You're so convincing, people would swear you were that way 24-7, whether you work on a set, on a stage, or in an office. You have a role, and you want people to see authenticity and not you pretending or playing the part. So roles in a production will often be cast based on the experience levels of the actors, the performer's presence. It could be many things. But in an audition or an interview, the casting director, film director, or interviewer is looking at each performer and evaluating, is this person convincing enough to handle the demands of this role? Was their performance and presence so compelling and magnetic that when they walked out the audition room, I wanted to go with them? Presence begins the moment you walk in the room. Greet the casting director, director, writers if they're present, or interviewer. You slate your name and the role you're going for. Same thing happens in a job interview. You see the parallels. So on the subject of presence, they're looking for the person who walks in and lets them know you're in good hands. I've been here before. I got this. What are some signs of people with executive presence or screen presence or stage presence? Making strong eye contact, upright posture, leaning in to the person you're speaking to, good voice projection when it's time to speak, and silent and attentive when it's time to listen. They're looking to see if you can make strong decisions when it's time to create action, and stillness when it's time to be observant. Stillness and silence are two of the most powerful projections of executive presence. If you're face-to-face with someone, and they constantly shift their eyes back and forth and fidget, and make random movements, what does that say to you? It speaks to a lack of confidence, nervousness. You're saying, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't belong here. You got the wrong person. Focus on one eye when you speak to someone. I usually focus on their right eye and be still. Stillness is powerful. And listen, active listening. Reason we have two ears and one mouth, because we're designed to listen twice as much as we speak. So practice active listening because it colors how you respond to people and makes you look powerful and present. 
Active listening creates a certain alertness that makes you more magnetic than other people around you. A really good listener is constantly absorbing the information in their environment and responding truthfully. You're tuned in to what's going on in your surroundings and how people are interacting with you. You're fully immersed in the moment. One of the important things to know about executive presence is that even though appearance is not the most important of the top three, is actually the number three, you lead with appearance. How you look, how you communicate, not just verbally, but in body language, are all crucial to the full picture, to the executive presence. The reality is that commanding a room takes confidence. It takes something that no one can teach you and that no one can do for you. And that is believing yourself and your abilities. No one can believe in you more than you can believe in you. So you have to take that attitude and use it to command the room. I think of the few times that I have seen Sonia Sotomayor in person as a keynote speaker. And she's a small woman, unassuming manner. But when she walks into a room, her smile, her presence, the way she greets everyone lights up the room and everyone takes notice. I had the honor of moderating a discussion between her and some students. And it was a Q&A and she was absolutely brilliant. Toward the end of it, I thanked her. I said, those are the ends of the questions. Would she like to make any closing comments? She looked at me and she said, we forgot one more thing. Everyone got a hug except you. Do you want one? And of course I wanted one. It was an amazing thing that she did to just notice me as just the moderator. I wasn't doing anything but calling on the students and making sure the discussion was moving along. And the way she treated me, the way she noticed my work and her desire to also make sure that I was acknowledged is part of what Gravitas is about. It's about those people who walk into a room in a way that everyone just wants to be around them. Everyone feels good around them. Everyone trusts them. And that was an experience that I will never forget. It was about five years ago and I still think about it and it still brings tears to my eyes. So that's commanding a room. That's Gravitas. That's a great story. You know what that sound means. It's time for our top five. And today's top five are the most delicious ordering dishes. My favorite thing to talk about, food. Coming in at number five, chicken parm subs. Mm. Number four, gourmet wraps. Yummy. Number three, cheeseburgers. Any type of cheeseburger, especially with bacon. Number two, my personal favorite, buffalo wings with blue cheese. And number one, sushi. Oh, God, sushi on a Friday night. My favorite. You had a story on how commanding the room leads into communication and appearance. I have a friend who's six foot four. He's African-American, lean, handsome guy. No matter where we go, no matter where we hang out, People from all walks of life, men and women alike, stop and take notice or just straight up stare at him. The ones who have the courage to kind of approach him think he is, quote unquote, someone, someone famous, someone important, usually an athlete. But why do they think that about him? I always think about what is going on here. What is this man's aura? Why does he command the room so easily? He hasn't said a word. He hasn't looked at anyone in any kind of way. 
he just kind of exists and he just walks in. So part of that has to do with his appearance. He can't control how tall he is. That's God's doing. So for some reason, humans are attracted to height. That aside, the rest of his appearance leads the way toward his executive presence. So what do I mean by that? He's a sharp dresser, always perfectly tailored, even his jeans. He's a black man who looks like an athlete, so that's also part of it. He is not, by the way, an athlete. He's an average guy, a businessman. So again, I'm always thinking, why? Why does he walk into the room and why does everyone kind of stop and stare? I like to think it was me, but actually it wasn't me. It was him. And he knows all about this about himself. But something he does that is so simple, is so disarming, that puts everybody at ease is one or two words, basically his communication when he walks into an elevator or a restaurant. He just simply says, hello, good evening. Or he just smiles. That is it. That's how you command a room. That's gravitas. That is communication and body language and appearance. Everything intertwined, everything weaved in to create this level of executive presence. So like Sotomayor, he just knows he belongs there and he doesn't even think about it. Those are what Dr. Sylvia Ann Hewlett calls the three pillars of executive presence as mentioned earlier. Gravitas, communication, and appearance. Some people have it naturally, no doubt about it, but I believe that these are things that you can work on, that these are things that you can train yourself to get better at, to create a better presentation when you walk into a job interview or you walk into a networking session. But in my philosophy around coaching and helping people become leaders is that once you know what your top five strengths are through the Strengths Finder, you become more confident because you have a better understanding of what you're great at. When you know what you're great at, you walk into a room feeling great, feeling like you believe in yourself, feeling like you're there to do what you set out to do and that you're going to do a great job at it. So I believe that with a little forethought and practice, anyone can have executive presence. You know, these are unique examples. Sonia Sotomayor, my friend, that's who they are. You can't duplicate being someone else. You have to always maintain your authenticity. And a little bit goes a long way, particularly at something like a networking event, at a conference or a meeting. More importantly, I want to stress executive presence at an interview. You have to walk into that place, into that conference room, into that interview, like you are the only person in the world that can do that job. Hey, you got the interview. So they liked what they saw on paper, but now you have to close the deal. The only way you're going to do that is by believing in yourself. And that's the one piece that I can't train someone to do. That's the one piece that you really have to work on your own and literally believe it, sleep it, eat it. You have to believe in yourself before you can even move forward to create the executive presence you need. So true. And those stories all had one thing in common. Authenticity. Authenticity and ownership of your identity instantly captivates a room. You have to be unapologetically authentic, even if there are things you don't like about yourself or that didn't go perfect that day. And don't fade in the big moments. Play it big. The late great acting coach Stella Adler said, you have the right to be who you are, where you are, how you are. Yeah. You have the right to take up space. That's an affirmation you can speak or play silently in your head over and over and over. I have the right to be who I am, where I am, how I am. The fact is, too many of us lead with our insecurities. Know your value. Make yourself consciously aware of who you are 
what you're doing in the world, what your strengths are, what you're good at, and you lead with that. Lead with your strengths, as we discussed in episode one, and do it as your authentic self. Nothing extra, just enough to live truthfully in the moment. We'll have a workbook for you guys soon that goes along with every episode. And there's a list of scientific success rituals that you can follow that will help you build your executive presence. With that said, we're going to do a quick exercise that will instill that level of confidence that creates executive presence. Now, creating executive presence or achieving wealth, however you define wealth, and high levels of success all come down to state management. You want to master the key empowered states, the four C's, certainty, clarity, confidence, and courage. I'll get right into the exercise. So you have to set an anchor and be at the absolute peak of the state that you want to be in to set the anchor. Your certainty level has to be at 10. For example, I'm certain right now that what I'm saying is real and it works. And it helps me every time and any time I need it to. That's level 10 certainty. That's an anchor I've already set in the past. So you choose the state you want to be in. In this case, absolute certainty. You choose your focus. That's a moment you felt absolutely certain. Usually after you closed a deal, booked a gig, got a promotion, a raise, some type of great news, the day you got hired, the day you felt unstoppable, the day you hit that game-winning jump shot at LA Fitness, whatever it is, the day you felt certain that everything from that point on was going to be amazing. So in remembering that state, adapt your physiology to how you felt that day. Change your posture, your voice, and your breathing to the state that you were in. Then intensify that state. Now there's five sensory modalities that you can use to manipulate the feeling in your brain to reach a higher level of intensity. But the easiest two are smell and hearing. If you smell something that has a very distinct and powerful smell, right as you think about that moment you felt unstoppable, or if you listen to something, your favorite song, you're going to be able to recall that over and over again in the future. Like Pavlov's dog, he rang the bell, which is the anchor, and the dog salivated. That was the desired state. You feel unstoppable, you smell your favorite cologne, you listen to your favorite song, and now that state is anchored. If you want to maximize the intensity of the effect, instead of recalling a moment in the past, wait until you have a present moment and then set the anchor. You wait until you have that moment again, but this time you're going to have to have the scent or the song ready. But the moment you get that good news, the moment you do something that takes you to that peak state of certainty, you have to either take a smell or play that song at that very moment and anchor your state once you set that anchor, you can use that over and over and over again. Now you can take a whiff of the smell or play this song right before you go into a job interview, into a meeting, walk onto a basketball court. You have a level 10 certainty at your command, and that's just the short version of it. I can go much deeper, but we'll do that at another time. For now, we want you to take everything we've given you today and put it to use. You'll need it for episode three, which is adaptability. So let's end today's show with the health tip of the day. We're going to talk about HIIT training, H-I-I-T, high-intensity interval training. What is that? We know you've heard of it. There are clubs that do it. So this is the quick and dirty of HIIT training. Short bursts of high-intensity, then low-intensity. High-intensity, then low-intensity. High, low, high, low, until really you're about to drop and you're exhausted. 
Let's take running, for example. You run 30 seconds, then you jog very slowly for 30 seconds. You sprint for 30 seconds, then you jog very slowly for 30 seconds. And do that for about 10 minutes, and you will have accomplished your HIIT training for the day. Trust me, it makes a difference. So we've dropped a link in the description for a full StrengthsFinder assessment course. And if you need one-on-one, you can contact us directly. Email us for one-on-one coaching at coaching at designyourdecade.io or anything podcast related at podcast at designyourdecade.io. And we'd love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe and share on your favorite podcasting platform. See you there. The grind never stops.